The reading is Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 to 25. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because, because Joseph was her husband, was faithful to the law, and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until after she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. I have to... Um confess here that Joseph is actually quite a hero of mine because of his um, humility and I'm sure if he'd heard me saying that he would be embarrassed because he doesn't seem to have an ego to boost at all. Um, so Matthew 1 verses 18 to 25. I wonder how good is your timekeeping and are you good at remembering special dates? We have so many different aspects of time, don't we? We speak of time standing still. Adolescence is a difficult time. It's time for dinner. Things were different in my time. He finished the race in record time. We're gonna watch a short video of somebody who has run out of time and is running so hard, he can't hear what's being said to him. I'm late, I'm late, for a very important date. No time to say hello, goodbye, I'm late, I'm late, I'm late. It must be awfully important, like a party or something. Mr. Rabbit, wait! No, 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 I'm overdue. I'm really in a stew. No time to say goodbye. Hello, I'm late, I'm late, I'm late. My, what a peculiar place to have a party. <coughs> <coughs> I think um, that little clip of the white rabbit in Alice Wonderland is, a very, is very telling as a parallel to how we can be. We can be so busy running here and there 
that we miss hearing someone speaking to us. And we need to just slow down and really hear one another. And especially to hear God speaking to us. The Bible speaks of appointed times, times that God has set. And God holds time in his hands, as we're about to discover. But his timing is not necessarily the same as ours. In Hebrews 1 verse 1, we read that in the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. I suspect that those who knew the Old Testament prophecies concerning Jesus's first coming to this earth, God must have seemed a bit slow, but he's always right on time, not too soon and not too late. And it's good that we remind ourselves of that when we're feeling he's got things wrong time-wise and when our life appears to be out of control. Life might be out of our control, but God knows exactly what's going on. And as we reach out to him, he draws near to us to help us through days of uncertainty. The Old Testament prophet Isaiah lived approximately 700 years before the birth of Jesus and had prophesied that a virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son who is to be named Emmanuel, which translates, as we saw earlier, God with us. You can say that in so many different ways. God with us. God with us. God with us. A prophet acts as a sort of mouthpiece for God, someone who receives a message from God and speaks it out. And this is what Isaiah was faithfully doing. It was a lonely place to be, being a prophet. Now fast forward many centuries, and we read from Matthew 1, verses 18 to 25, that the birth of Jesus Christ took place like this. To start with, we're introduced to Joseph and Mary, two young people, newly betrothed and looking forward to life together as husband and wife. We can all remember looking forward to special events in our lives, the growing excitement as whatever is planned looms closer. And I'm sure we've also experienced the crushing disappointment of dreams and plans going wrong. And this is what seemingly happened to Joseph at the start of our passage. He, he is betrothed to Mary, who was probably about 14 years old, and, and he's just discovered that she's expecting a baby. In our day, we talk about engagements more than betrothals, but betrothal in biblical times was very different to our engagements. Um, there are three parts to the ancient Jewish wedding. The first is a form of alliance or agreement made between two families and romantic frothy love wasn't top of the list. It was more of a commitment, um, but love developed as the relationship grew. And then the second part was the betrothal, which lasted for approximately a year, but the couple didn't live together 
or have sexual relations, although they were considered married. And this is the stage that Mary and Joseph were at. But can you imagine how Joseph must have felt on discovering that his bride-to-be was pregnant and knowing it wasn't by him? How did he find out? The details aren't, aren't recorded as far as I know. And how did he feel? How did he respond? Great sadness? Betrayal? Anger? Hurt? Confusion? And very alone, I would have thought. These are just the thoughts I've had in sort of spending time looking at this passage. Um, and I just thought, you know, can we identify with any of those feelings and how have we responded or how do we respond to those negative emotions? Matthew records Joseph as being a righteous, good man, and he didn't want to publicly disgrace Mary. He didn't want revenge. He wanted to deal with the situation quietly. And that's, I just think his reaction is wonderful. However, he must have been in turmoil. And as we read in verse 20, he, as he's considering things, he is considering things over. He's mulling it all over carefully and thoughtfully. How often do we rush into retaliation when we're hurt or hurting? And he must have been afraid for her future as well as his own, for Mary's future. He could have lost status, his business, people would have shunned him and he could have been an outcast. So presumably he was struggling with a huge conflict of emotions. And what's also important to remember is that Mary could have been stoned to death for being pregnant and unmarried. And maybe that's what was in Joseph's mind, who knows? Anyway, while all this is going on, Joseph is trying to decide what he should do when he's given a dream of an angel telling him that he wasn't to be afraid to take Mary as his wife, because what was conceived in her was of the Holy Spirit and that she would bear a son who was the son of God and he was to be named Jesus because he would save his people from their sins. I've, I'm going to put this in. I had a dream the other night. This is just a funny aside. Um, I had a dream the other night that Judy, she knows this, had five sons and they were all like Adrian. <laughs> yeah, sorry, that wasn't a dream. That was a nightmare. <laughs> um, at the start of this talk, going back to being serious, I just had to put that in. Um, I mentioned the prophet Isaiah who had prophesied some 700 years earlier that the virgin would give birth to a son, um, etc. And Joseph would have been taught the scriptures. He would have known the scriptures. He would have known the prophecies. But to have imagined that he would have a part to play must have been amazing when he realized. And after his dream of, with, of the angel, he seems totally obedient to God. 
as it says, after the dream, Joseph woke up and did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son and he gave the name, him the name Jesus. He followed the instructions exactly as he had been told. He didn't try to add anything or change anything. He was faithful to what God had asked him to do. I wonder how we would have responded or even do respond when God's, God asks us something. When is the last time we did hear him ask us something and what did we do with it? Can I negotiate might be one answer. Or I can't do this because it, of the cost to me or my family. However, when God calls or places us in difficult situations, he is with us. He truly is Emmanuel, God with us. He's with us as we go through this sad time of uncertainty of life. He is with us as we grieve over loss. He's with us for all of eternity. He is the beginning of life and he is at the end of life. He is the God of the past. He's the God of the present and he's the God of the future. And we can trust him. Now, as a little aside here for Adrienne, Morgan and Maisie, your mummies have got something to give you. And if they could give it now, that would be lovely. Cut pity we can't see Morgan and Maisie. What have you got? Chocolate buttons? Oh, nice. You can open them. And then I want you to tell me what it tastes like, whether it tastes horrible. Oh, there they are. Good. Hello, you two. What's mommy got for you? Right, what have you got? Oh, yum. Hearts and hearts and hearts. Hearts and hearts and hearts. Oh, lovely. And I've got wings. Yeah. No. Have you got um, wings? Right, taste, lots of hearts. taste them. What do they taste like? Yummy? Is it nice? Yeah. Obviously, it's because they got nice. wet. Um, what do they taste like, Morgan? Yes. Good. Delicious. Adrian, is yours nice? Yeah. Pardon? Oh, all sweets are good. Yeah. Do you know what? My big sister's watching this morning, and I think she would say, yes, Phila would say all sweets are good. Yeah. Oh, don't think I'd like sour. No. Okay, now... That was just a little present for you. Um, but God has given us the best present of all. Do you know what it is, who it is? His name is Jesus. And he's always with us. When you go to school, 
when you're at home, when you're happy, when you're unhappy, he's always with us and he always will be right from when you're that big to however old you are. And the Bible says in Psalm 34, verse 8, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. We can go and hide and talk to him about our worries and problems, which must be what Joseph did because he believed in God. And I wonder what he was saying to God during this difficult time. One of the feelings I mentioned was that Joseph must have been feeling um, alone. And many people this Christmas are going to be feeling alone. And it's us as Christians who are the ones who can take Jesus into that loneliness and be a friend or take a small gift. It's time for us to show the love of God and we have to be his hands and feet. This service uh, finishes after our final carol in a second, but it might be nice after the carol to just sit and ask the Lord Jesus what he wants us to do, who he wants us to help before we get up and rush out. Um, so if you want to just sit quietly um, after the next carol, please do and just let the Lord speak. Give him time to speak. And before we sing it, although many prophecies about Jesus have been fulfilled, there are still others, and they point to his return for the second time. And we need to be alert to the signs of the times, not in an obsess obsessive way, but in a wise, discerning way, because come he will. But in the meantime, he truly is God with us. We can take refuge in him while the storm of COVID-19 rages because he's kind, he's faithful, he's patient, he's loving, he's understanding, he's strong when we're weak. He's lavish with his gifts to us. He's faithful and he's constant. And the light still shines even in these dark days. God with us.